My friends, one of the uh, greatest graces that I have received in my life was to be able to travel to the island of Molokai and celebrate Holy Mass on uh, St. Damien's altar. Someone you know came with me, Father Eisenberg, another priest who's been here, Father Birchall, and another friend of mine. It really is an extraordinarily beautiful place, yet a prison, really, a prison of sorts. And so inspiring to uh, walk where Father Damien and St. Marianne Cope walked and so heroically served the lepers isolated on this island. You know, leprosy is a terrible, terrible disease. It's an infection, an infection whose symptoms include ulcers on the skin, very terrible rashes. The infection, of course, damages nerve endings and causes the extremities to become numb. A person suffering with leprosy can't feel their fingers, toes, and feet oftentimes. They damage and wound themselves without realizing it. Cuts and wounds then cause infection that can lead to the onset of gangrene, and in bad cases, even amputation. Yet as bad as these physical symptoms are, and they are incredibly terrible, the social effects of leprosy are even worse. You know, leprosy is a highly contagious disease. Society was afraid, of course, of having the disease spread. So those suffering from leprosy were isolated from society. Outcasts forced to live on the outside of the cities, like, or in places like Molokai. Cut off from all human contact. Cut off from love and acceptance. Separated from family and friends alone, forced to wear a bell around their waist and to yell unclean when they came in the presence of someone not affected by this terrible disease. You know, leprosy is terrible. Thankfully, we have discovered a cure. And we no longer have to fear leprosy as we once did. God, of course, certainly knew that we would find a cure for leprosy, that he would lead us to this cure. So why record these two stories knowing that future generations would not fear this disease? Well, because in scripture, leprosy is often used as a metaphor for sin. And thankfully, my friends, we have a cure for that too. God became flesh and dwelt among us and gave us the remedy for sin, baptism and the sacrament of penance, confession. And these sacraments are beautifully symbolized by the two leper stories today. For there are many parallels between leprosy and sin. Like leprosy, sin starts as an invisible infection. It slowly dominates a sinner's life. Like leprosy, sin begins hidden, but eventually it causes a sinner to become deformed and ugly. Sin makes us numb to the abundance of life, numb to grace. We become dull and unfeeling. Like leprosy, sin isolates us from others, cuts us off from others. We become selfish. We turn in on ourselves. We end up alone with our addictions, alone with our sin. Perhaps we even think our sin is private, 
but in reality it's obvious to everyone. We might as well be wearing bells around our waist and yelling out, I am unclean. And sin, if serious, of course, can completely cut us off from the Lord, and we have a spiritual death of sorts. Yet, of course, we know, my friends, there is good news. God did become flesh and dwell among us to save us from sin. Jesus heals us by faith and through forgiveness in the sacraments of baptism and sacrament of penance. For as we've been discussing, Jesus is continuing his way to Jerusalem, where he would take on our suffering, take on our biggest suffering, which is sin, and endure tremendous pain, eventually dying, of course, but conquering our sin and even death itself by rising from the dead, so that we could all live and be free from sin. That is what is illustrated by the leper stories today. But there are also many parallels between how the lepers were healed and the Christ-centered healing of the sacraments. The first reading, I think, is important that we get some background to 2 Kings. It's helpful. Naaman was a commander of a Syrian army. He was Aramean. He was not a Jew. And God had blessed him with many victories, including victories against the Israelites. It seems he was a man of valor. But, of course, he became a leper. His Jewish maid told his wife of the prophet Elisha, who could cure him. Well, first he tried to buy a cure from the king of Israel. He tried to demonstrate perhaps his earthly power. But when Elisha heard of this request, he sent for Naaman. Then Naaman became angry when he was simply told to wash in the Jordan River seven times. Pride kind of consumed him, thinking this little stream, this muddy river, uh, was no good. There are many better rivers in Damascus. But his servants begged him. If the prophet had commanded you to do some great thing, they said, would you not have done it? But not when he says to you, wash and be clean. Naaman thankfully came to his senses. He humbled himself and was healed, and his flesh became like that of a little child, a beautiful symbol of baptism when we become children of God. He went through a deep conversion and said that no God in all that there is no God in all of Israel except in all the world except the God of Israel. He resolved to change his life and to worship the one true God, and not he alone. It says, well, in a certain sense, he sings like the psalmist, right? He sang to the Lord a new song because he knew he was a new creation, and he brought a whole retinue to Jesus. The sacramental symbolism continues, of course, in the gospel. Jesus tells the lepers to report and show themselves to the priest. Why not heal them himself? Well, he did. He did. He did it through the priest and by the act of their faith and obedience. The gospel beautifully prefigures the sacrament of penance, the sacrament of mercy. God, of course, is merciful. We, he knew that we would sin after our baptism. He knew we'd need another means to be reconciled with him. Confession. 
was instituted by Christ, it reconciles us with the Lord. It reconciles us with the community of faith, the body of Christ, even with ourselves. Yet sometimes we are like that pre-conversion Naaman. We think we have to heal ourselves or do something extraordinary or worse, think healing is impossible or even unnecessary. Yet all Jesus asks of us uh, is for us to respond to his grace in faith. For where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. All we have to do is respond to grace and show ourselves to a priest. First, of course, in the baptismal waters, then over and over again in the sacrament of penance, in humility and obedience, always, of course, in faith, like the lepers in the gospel, asking God to have pity on us. Today, we are reminded that suffering is the great equalizer. Rich and poor, young and old, male, female, black, white, Christian, non-Christian, we all suffer. Misfortune breaks down all human and national barriers. We see this in the gospel. They had forgotten that they were Jews and Samaritans. They had forgotten that they were bitter enemies. They remembered only that they were men and women in need, united in suffering. Jesus, of course, is the remedy for the suffering we all experience in this life, and he has chosen to work in and through the sacraments. He's chosen to work in and through his church. Yet we see that even if we are faithful to the sacraments, there is no guarantee of a suffering-free life in the here and now. We only have to look to the life of St. Paul. Today's second reading, he is writing it from prison, where he is suffering tremendously. Yet in faith, and of course united with Christ, he endured everything for the sake of those who are chosen, for you and me, the church. My friends, the healing power of the sacraments are clearly being demonstrated to us in today's readings. However, it seems there is another more subtle and important message, a call to humility and faith and gratitude. Naaman overcame his pride, his doubts, through humility and trust in faith, and he was healed. Those ten lepers, really all the lepers, were all raising their voices in faith, have pity on us. Humility and faith are central to today's message, and they should lead us to prayer of gratitude. Naaman returned to Elisha with his whole retinue, boldly proclaiming that there is only one true God. He promised to only worship him. So too, the Samaritan leper, after being physically healed, he returned glorifying God in a loud voice, falling at the feet of Jesus and thanking him. Their humility led to their gratitude, which led to another more important grace. Their souls were also healed. They had a deeper, deeper conversion. You know, many sadly leave grace on the table, if you will. Healed, of course, in baptism, they don't activate this grace. They don't activate the faith, hope, and love. They receive there, and, and the Lord is calling them to a deeper conversion. 
Many go to, to the sacrament of penance uh, even quite frequently, but they leave there not accepting the grace, the freedom that the sacrament gives them. Many do not uh, return here each week giving glory to God. My friends, we are being called to live in gratitude, even when things are difficult. For it is possible to turn to God only when we are in need. And to forget to give praise and glory and thanks to God literally each day, every moment of each day. Today, we have a clear reminder to turn to God in thanksgiving and to understand that worship is an expression of gratitude. What we do here today is an expression of gratitude. Eucharistia, in fact, means thanksgiving. And it is right and just that we give thanks for the countless blessings, of course, for all the graces that we receive, really for everything, even suffering. For like Naaman and like the Samaritan leper in the gospel, it was through suffering that they discovered the one true God and were healed to the level of their soul. God can even use our poor choices, even our sin, to bring about a greater good, our sanctification, his glory. My friends, it was very easy for us to hike into the leper colony on Molokai. It was easy to descend. We didn't have to work so hard. We simply coasted, and before we knew it, we were there. We were there in the prison of this leper colony. Sin is like that, isn't it? But we had to strive eagerly, endure many switchbacks to hike out of that leper colony. They did not want them getting out. Of course, it was all a grace. The struggle even forced us to stop at times and enjoy the beautiful view. Our spiritual lives are like that, aren't they? We must work, of course, to obtain the kingdom, but ultimately it is a grace achieved in and through faith, also a gift. For as St. Therese so beautifully said, Jesus does not demand great actions from us, but simply surrender and gratitude. God healed Naaman through ordinary, not extraordinary means. So too with us, my friends. And so we ought to focus on the ordinary. We ought to return glorifying God faithfully coming to Mass each Sunday. We ought to glorify God in our prayer each day with Scripture. We have to glorify him with the faithful uh, use of the confessional. We have to glorify him in the love of our neighbor. For as St. Maria Faustina said, God's mercy is stronger than our misery. One thing alone is necessary, that the sinner set ajar the door of his heart, be it ever so little, to let in a ray of God's merciful grace and then God will do the rest. May we, my friends, come here today and come here always giving God our gratitude. Let the ray of his merciful grace into our hearts and minds today. And may God be praised. Amen.